0: It's not often that an agency cancels two prominent contracts and then talks about it publicly. But that's exactly what the Defense Information Systems Agency did, not as a way to punish or embarrass the contractors, but as a lesson for others to learn from. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about DISA's decision and the message it's trying to send across the industry. And Jason joins me now in studio with more on this. What do we know about these decisions? What are the contracts? And tell us what's going on, Jason.
1: It's not 100% clear which contracts they were. And Tony Montemurano, the executive deputy director at DISA, said, listen, I really don't want to shine a light on the specific vendors or shine a light on the specific contracts. He said they were for command and control type of programs and projects. And they were very important programs that now are set back, potentially in one case, at least by a year because of this decision. Tom, I think the bigger issue here is this is a specific message to contractors that I think DISA and specifically Tony Montemorano is trying to say. He's not just saying, hey, we've got to work together. We're a team here. But we need to do a better job to get these types of programs and really all programs that DISA does to the finish line quicker, better,
0: and do it in a way
1: that makes sense financially and and I think it's just it's a refreshing and an important message that he's sending.
0: So these were canceled. They weren't protest issues. So it's not a debriefing question so much as, well, maybe it is debriefing, but writ large to the entire industry.
1: The contract says, Tony said, listen, he kind of said, well, I think cancels may maybe unfair. We just didn't pick up the options. And that's government speak for saying, hey, we got through a year or we got through two years. And you know what? This isn't working out. We're not going forward. And, Tom, this is just doesn't happen. We don't see it a lot in government because of fear of protests, because of fear of delays of lawsuits. And for fear of it's really hard to do contracting in the government sometimes, and to cancel something that you're already down the path on means you're starting over. And, and what I think Tony Montemorano is saying is this just wasn't working for DISA, and we're well we're willing to take on that delay to get it right.
0: So that's the real message for industry: is we'll take the lumps, but anything but go ahead with a contract we're not happy with.
1: In many ways, I think it's that, but also Tony Montemurano said, "Listen." This is up to blame too. The onus doesn't fall just on the contractor, and I think that is also refreshing. He goes, we, "We're teammates. We have to work on this together." But you know, a lot of times, what he says happens is the the vendors are proposing something that's too aggressive, or proposing a type of technology that doesn't quite fit. It's not necessarily a, a round peg in a square hole type of that doesn't fit, but it's it maybe they're overpromising what they're doing. And he goes, "Just take a step back." And tell us, we want you to be aggressive, we want you to be smart, but do it in the right way. And, and again, I go back, it's refreshing, it's 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 important message. And it's not just coming from Tony, it's coming from someone like Steve Wallace, who's who's a systems innovation scientist at, at just is emerging technology. He goes, listen, too often when, when a vendor comes in to talk to me and says, we can do this and we can do that and we can do that, they're almost like a carnival barker, right? They don't say what they can't do or what the challenges they do face are. And he says, I'd rather hear about those things up front so I don't have to deal with it in, in the future. I want to know everything I can know, and then we can make decisions and work through this together. And same thing with Roger Greenwell, is chief information officer and risk management executive. He goes he wants help moving more quickly, help us understand what our threats are, what our cyber risks are, and address them today. Not 60 days for a baseline and then 90 days for an action plan. So there's this, I think, momentum that this is trying to build within industry, aggressive, smart. And and help us fix the immediate problems.
0: We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. You're also writing about the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which is an agency that's hard to smoke into the daylight very often. But now the uh, turtle's head has poked itself out from under the shell at a couple of panels. What did you learn there?
1: Once in a while, CMS comes out of hibernation, as I said. I mean, for, for years, Tom, I think CMS unfortunately has had the view that no news was no news, right? Even though they spend a trillion dollars a year, and, and they do really important work, and they and they have some really great people there. Unfortunately, getting them on panels, getting them at conferences, you just don't see them very often. So you really don't know what's going on. And Tom, I have to be honest: we've called CMS dozens of times oh, asking I for know. interviews, and we can never break through whatever wall they put up. No, we're not interested. No, we don't have time. And I think that at when, least they
0: answer you with an answer.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes you don't get anything. But here's two examples of two executives who actually came out and spoke and, and really highlighted, put, shown a really important light on some really good work that CMS is doing. One of them is their CIO, Rajiv Upal, who was on a panel that I actually I moderated at the FCA Health IT Day. And he talked about not just, hey, we're modernizing, but the fact is they're bringing in Agile and DevOps. Hey, they're really taking a different type of mindset. We're really looking at it from a product perspective. What are we delivering from a product And how is it helping the customers?
0: Because they've got a big legacy code base, too, that doesn't get talked about as much as VAs and Social Securities, but they've got it.
1: They have it, and they're very similar to Social Security Administration, where they're doing a lot of internal development that they depend on contractors for support, but not necessarily to do that development. And uh, you just don't know where they're at. And it, it really also, Tom, limits which contractors can bid and understand what's going on. I think the fact is he poked his head out, and and that gives us a really look at some important work.
0: So I smell a new Ask the CIO in the offing.
1: We're trying, Tom. We are (laughs) trying. That's a good point. Uh, The other person that spoke recently was Jenny Mayne, who's the chief operating officer at CMS. And and she talked about not just the good work that Rajiv is doing, but the good work that they're doing across the CXO uh, council. So, So the HR folks, the finance folks and how they're really collaborating to make change across the agency.
0: This culture in the workforce, what are some of the things they're actually doing?
1: That's something that Jenny Mayne is, is spending a lot of time on. One of the things that's important to her is using data to drive decisions, but also understanding where what that data is and where it's coming from. So one of the big things she's doing is not just creating this collaborative environment at the executive level, but really asking some of the Uh, if you will, missionary folks to take in, to accept on short details, people from the HR, people from the finance, people from the IT, so they can have a better view of what the customer is going through. And then they can do a better job of serving the customer and and then therefore understanding what data they're bringing in, how to use that data better. There's a whole piece that's going on here. And a lot of people talk about rotations in the government and get, you know, kind of queasy or especially the senior executive service. You know, are they going to be moved around or are they going to get new jobs? And we've seen some examples in the Trump administration where people uh, were unhappy with the rationale or didn't quite understand the rationale. Jenny Maine from CMS says, listen, these rotations, yes, some people are a little queasy. But once they understand the process and once managers understand why they're, hey, we're going to go work there for six weeks or a month or however long it is, they're going to come back much smarter. And I think that's key. To this culture change.
0: Well, it's an important agency and a big one. I wonder if Seema Verma, the director there, is getting ready to leave after four years. And perhaps that's why they feel they can come out in public and talk.
1: That would be a nice thought that, that they can come out and talk. Whether she's leaving or not, it's, it's obviously unclear, Tom. But what's important here is there's a lot of good news, at, not just at CMS, but a lot of agencies. And Tom, we can check off places like SSA, like the IRS, and 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 there's others who don't want to see the light of day because they're worried that any news is is going to be bad news no matter what they do with it. And the fact is, here's just two examples of two people who spoke and talked about really important work that's happening that's not just you know saving money or, or but but really progress to improve how the agency runs both internally and to their external customers.
0: Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. And if you want to read it for yourself, check out his notebook. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com.